Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wafu FM. Gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and the Chris Show. I'm Chris with a Coruscant C. Check that shit. Oh, that's nice. Check it. I'm Chris with a Kashyyyk K. Champion. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to give us a Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking. It's not a Yeti. It's a <laughs> uh, so, sorry for the lateness, folks, uh, but we hope you enjoyed the wee bonus show put up uh, last Wednesday. Our ill fated attempt to do an audio commentary for The Phantom Menace and. I've started recording. We already ran into fucking technical problem. It's like George Lucas is like, "You better not talk shit about this film. I'm sick of it." Curse of the Phantom Menace. It is. We're literally being haunted by the Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you know, so yeah, season four of the show begins now. Technically, you know, season four. Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah four. Season four. Bad. Remember, I was saying I thought there was like three phases of the show, three eras. Yeah. Uh, I, I figured out the other night. I actually separated them into seasons. <laughs> I was bored. I've got no today, so I did this. <laughs> so technically, episodes one to four, season one, mm. fifteen to fifty-one, season two, fifty-two to eighty-six, season three. There you go. Well, that's that's a big season. Two. They're, they're big seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine season one like Seinfeld, like five episodes. That's kind of yeah. what season one is. Just kidding. we didn't have the funding. No, yeah. no, and then we got picked up for a bigger season as we <laughs> as we took over the internet with our genius. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're kicking off Star Wars month part one. Part two's coming in December. This month, it's all... It's all the prequels. Got one, two, and three. And then maybe on the fourth show, we'll take a look at some of the... Talk about the spin-offs, like Ewoks and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And for the final show, uh, we'll review the Star Wars Holiday Special, which I've actually never seen fully. I've just seen clips. So this will be, uh, it'll, it'll be fun to watch from start to finish. I'm not sure... There's many people that have seen the whole thing, to be honest. <laughs> or at least, or maybe want to see the whole thing. You see a clip of it and you're like, oh, this is horrible. Uh, quickly, shout-outs to do. Uh, had some more iTunes reviews. Uh, I want to thank to... If I could fucking talk. I'm too excited to talk about the Phantom Menace. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Zeus TS. Uh, this is Tom. Stop saying my name is Tack, which is a brilliant username. Uh, no Hope 40 and Fundamentally Useless Radio for leaving us some iTunes review. You're all beautiful. You're all spectacular. And we love you dearly. Much appreciated. Mm. Uh, so yeah, jazz. Yeah. It's all jazz. You're looking forward to talking about the Phantom Menace properly instead of uh, 
messing around with skipping Blu-rays and yeah, getting angry and then then just eating eating the kebab. Uh, <laughs> kebab. <laughs> totally. Uh, quick, they will have to mention that uh, Wes Craven died. Uh, it was last week, wasn't it? Age seventy-six from brain cancer. I had no idea he was even ill. Had he? Had, did you hear anything beforehand? No, no. Must have kept it a, kept it a secret, I guess. Yeah, I guess some people just yeah fucking get on with it, don't they? Yeah. Rather, yeah, bless them. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah, very, very sad. He's uh, you know I don't often use these terms, but he, he was like sort of the grandfather of horror in many ways. I in some ways, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he, certainly pioneer. You know, I mean, he wasn't exactly. The inventor of the slasher genre, let's say. But, no, but when yeah. you create a character like Freddy Krueger, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's like the 80s, you know, him, Jason, Michael Myers, they're like the 80s version of Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and all that jazz. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I was never a huge fan of Craven's, like, entire... I would never consider myself, like, a West Craven fan as far as, like, I love all these films and stuff, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would never say, like, you know, like, he's not quite a John Carpenter. No, yeah. But, you know, even if he just made Nightmare on Elm Street, that would have... Mm. that would have put him up on a pedestal for me because he can't beat the original M.N. Elm Street. I mean, let's face it, most people know who Freddy is, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he'll be forever remembered. Damn right, yeah, damn right. Very sad, though. Uh, so, I guess that's it for the preliminary... Certainly, yeah. I mean, news-wise, I suppose, before we get into Phantom Menace, I suppose it's worth mentioning it was Force Friday yesterday. It was. Uh, did you take advantage and buy loads of pointless figures? <laughs> well, I, I bought one thing... Uh, the BB-8 Zero droid. Oh, did you? I did, indeed. Yeah, you didn't buy, yeah. like, a million Kylo Ren figures? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, these dickheads are all, like, kidding themselves, thinking, like, keeping them in the box and that. Just fucking crack them open, play with them, have a good time with them, folks, because yeah. they're going to be worth dick. These, these the mass-produced toys for the biggest film of the fucking decade. Oh, they're going to be worth <laughs> so much if I keep them in the pageant. Do you know why the original figures are, are like, rare and sought after? Because no one thought to keep them in the packaging back then. Yeah, exactly. They, they created a couple thousand runs of them, and then kids, like, chewed the heads off and stuff yeah. and threw them down drains and shit. Yeah. And now they're expensive, yeah. But, like, nowadays, toys aren't... There's no money to be made in mass-produced kids' toys. No, nah, unless, unless, you know, it's toys that are literally limited to, like, a thousand copies, something like mm. that. Then, 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 yeah, I would understand buying a couple, but... Yeah, exactly. Of course, yeah. when I was a kid, I could get, like, fucking Return of the Jedi figures for, like, 50p in a newsagent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of wish I had now. <laughs> like, just bought them yeah. and kept them in the packaging, but I was, like, so- six, I didn't give a shit. Well, no, bollocks, I always say I, I never collect stuff like that no. for that reason. No. I collect to enjoy, man. Yeah. Can I take this shit with you when you die? And you should just get something out of the box and enjoy it and stuff. Yeah, not worry about how much it's worth. I'm buying it because I I like whatever whether it be a film or a record that's limited. I don't I, if it could be limited to like 200. I'm still gonna open the fuck and listen to it or watch it. That's why I bought it. Yeah. Not I'm, I'm not I've never been wanting to like sell stuff anyway, like resell stuff like that. Fucking man, cherish and open your jazz. Don't keep it sealed. Mm, yes, very good advice. It's very very silly. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> What a what a strange American thing. The Americans are, are really like pumping out these days, like with Black Friday and stuff. Mm. <laughs> I wonder if it was there was any riots like Black Friday. I don't think there was any massive things. No, there, there was a few stories of well, like, people trying to buy two and three action figures and being told off and <laughs> shit like that. No, <laughs> I think the stores were like on it. They were saying like only one and two units per customer and shit. Well, like that's that. fair because you know you know these fuckers are just going to put them straight on eBay and think they can get like 50 quid a pop and stuff yeah yeah. Like, I think there was like dra- the Jurassic World toys they really suffered from that recently did they? 
Yeah, like people just rushing out and buying like all the best dinosaurs, like buying like ten of them and then putting them on eBay for like twice the price. That's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, fuck off. makes no sense. <laughs> like kids turn up at Toys R Us crying that like the T Rex isn't available and stuff, and you're like, oh, that is kind of twat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, saying it's mass produced stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like this, just won't sell. You know, these people won't sell these figures, or, or at least few and far between, they'll sell them for twice the price. Mm. So yeah, Force Friday. Force Friday, indeed. I was surprised there wasn't a trailer or anything, but it was more about the toys and merchandise, wasn't it? Merchandising, yeah. I, I think we'll probably, uh, we'll see a trailer soon, because I, I think they'll really, coming up to Christmas. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the movie's out quite close to Christmas. I think they'll want to really up the fucking wow factor and stuff, like, November time, so that kids start properly asking for the toys mm-hmm. at Christmas. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, there'll probably be more stuff, like, November time-ish. Probably. Is it the 18th of December the film's out? 18th, yeah. Yeah, because I saw the other day that the soundtrack's getting released actually the same day, for a change. Yeah, thankfully. So, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that, you know, like, as we've talked about before... Yeah. Fucking title tracks aren't like the death of Kylo and stuff. And that. We'll be like, oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah, just remember, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that makes a change. Then, like fucking Chris, when he bought the Phantom Menace soundtrack like four months before the film came out, he's like, Qui Gon dies. <laughs> Qui Gon's funeral literally it was like track thirty. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I'm sure one of them is like the, the end of Darth Maul or something mm-hmm. as well. So I was like, no way. It's just called Darth Maul gets split in half by Obi Wan. <laughs> Yeah, by Obi Wan using Qui Gon's lightsaber after Qui Gon gets killed. <laughs> so, like, so that's the ending right there. It's just Darth Maul, and then brackets just that giant end. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Troll- trolling people, yeah. basically. Uh, so, shall we get to find a minute? So after the release of Return of the Jedi in 83, everyone assumed, you know, the Star Wars was finished. And it kind of was for a while, at least uh, on the big screen. I mean, we've got two made-for-TV Ewok movies. We've got Caravan of Courage, which always makes me laugh just because I'm British, and Caravan. (laughs) I remember as a kid, I was like, where's this fucking caravan they keep talking about? (laughs) It's just like in fucking Skegness. That would be awesome. (laughs) You had Caravan of Courage in 84, the follow-up Ewok, Ewok's The Battle for Endor in 85, and we'll talk about those in a couple of weeks. Uh, Ewoks yeah. also had their own cartoon series in 85, alongside the Droids cartoon series, which followed the adventures of uh, R2-C-3PO before the events of New Hope. I didn't realise that, that it was a prequel to New Hope. Mm. Apparently it was. And interestingly, when looking at the character lists, there's a character called Kaibo Ren. Mm. Kaibo Ren Char. I was like, that's very close. Very close, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One's just like being going over the universe and picking names out. Yeah. <laughs> In the early 90s, of course, we've got a number of novels um, which continued the story after Jedi, most notably the Throne series by Timothy Zahn and the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin Anderson. I've read the first Jedi Academy book and I really enjoyed it. I keep, I'm always meant to pick those up and yeah. finish them. but I mean, I will say this. I don't care if it angers people. Most of those books were a pile of shit. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking say it. They're all try hard and try hard to link back to like the original trilogy, trying to every page there's a mention somewhere a reference to the film uh, and they're just not very good to be honest they're not they're not even well written a lot of the the books to be honest either there's there's maybe just like half a dozen books that are really good and a dozen books that are alright controversial straight in straight in with the controversy I'm pleased that they've all been wiped out with the new film <laughs> I guess they have yeah really yeah 
Although, you know, the new film takes place 30 years after Jedi. These take mm. place literally directly after Jedi. Although, you know, Luke won't have a fucking Jedi Academy in the new one, apparently, so I guess you can wipe that off. Yeah. But in 1993, George Lucas announced he would be making episodes 1, 2, and 3 with his new trilogy, Lucas would tell the story of Anakin Skywalker and his journey to the dark side of the Force and his transformation into Darth Vader. It was originally titled Episode 1, The Beginning. And eventually it was officially titled Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, which got quite a bit of, not flack, but everyone was surprised at the title, I remember. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a controversial title. I suppose uh, even like the second one was as well, but... Yeah, because he was going more for the throwback, maybe more of a throwback title, like the old serials and stuff, which it does suit, The Phantom Menace and stuff. And Yeah, I, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the Phantom Menace was a bad guy in Flash Gordon serial comics or something. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So he literally just took that, that name and used it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was released May 19th, 1999, taking in over a billion dollars at the box office. So it was huge. Uh, but what's the actual story, sir? What did the world wait nearly 20 years for? Midichlorians and Japor snippets. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Basically, two Jedi Knights are dispatched to the planet in Naboo. There's an ongoing... A trade federation sort of dispute the planet's being blockaded by ships <laughs> exactly how can you fucking sum it up um, uh, on whilst trying to resolve that dispute uh, they come across a young boy who is obviously very powerful in the force and the story resol- revolves around him basically and, and the struggles of him getting to the point where he's going to be training or some shit like that I don't know awesome there's the fucking story there's a pod race as well yeah and a bad guy and a fandom menace yes and as you mentioned (laughs) Japoshna but yeah it's one of them it's it's bad when you kind of really sum up the story because there literally is like three different stories going on within Mm. that story should have simplified it man should have simplified it like what's the first film about first film is about the empire fucking roaming around the galaxy kicking ass being fucking horrible to people Obi-Wan Kenobi has to go uh, to uh, Alderaan and Luke Skywalker goes with him. Mm. You know, there's not much really going on in the in, in New Hope. No, it's a very simple adventure story. But uh, in Phantom Menace, it's like Trade Federation, there's there's the whole fucking Emperor thing going on, there's Anakin Skywalker being found, it's, it's, there's too much. It's like the, the film is for kids. Mm. It's for the old school fans, but it's for a new generation of kids. It's very kid friendly, but the plot is for adults. Like it's yeah. trade negotiations and shit like that. It's like, and without offending Star Trek fans, it's more like a Star Trek plot. Oh, yeah, if you know is, what I mean. Yeah. It's not Star Wars at all. All the like Senate scenes and stuff and that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess we'll go back. I mean, the the hype sort of began when the special editions came out in ninety seven. That was when I remember like rediscovering Star Wars again for the first time since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean that was like the golden period of Star Wars for me. Like yeah. like not even like these people that lord on about how they were there at the premiere and stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, the real sweet time of Star Wars was like between like ninety three and ninety seven or something. Yeah. There was some fucking great video games coming out. Yeah, true. Yeah. And all the like behind the magic stuff. There was loads of like books coming out. Load just loads of hype mm-hmm. over Star Wars. And literally it's it's all that stuff is why they made the, the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. Because it really was like the the toys were really had a resurgence. Yeah. And the books were doing well and I was gonna stuff. say, yeah, even though you're not a big fan, the books were really popular. Mm, they were, yeah. And it, it cost, you know, just 
the the build up to Phantom Menace coming out, like the hype was ridiculous. The trailers, you like watched them, taped them off TV if they were on. You watched them like fifty times and stuff. And I was watching like fucking Lorraine Kelly and shit, <laughs> whatever. Like just because like they were like, oh, we're gonna have like an actor from like the new Star Wars film in a minute and some clips, scrambling for a tape. <laughs> <laughs> totally crazy. Yeah, I was used to watch that Zero Thirty show on News Twenty Four because I was always mm-hmm. up like fucking till five in the morning or whatever, and that was always on. It's a couple of times through the night, and they'd have like things from the premiere if there was a new trailer or anything. They would they would feature it quite a bit, so just chomping at the bit for any little thing and like magazines and stuff. Of course, not like now where you get like behind the scenes pictures every not for Star Wars but for films in general. It just they were yeah. just on that cusp of like everything being ruined by the internet. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And of course, you know, the infamous pirate copy that we saw, mm. which, uh, you know, I still, like, when I watch the film now on DVD or Blu-ray, it's still a bit weird that it, the sound doesn't change halfway through. Yeah, moisture farms um, for the most part. part. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally. whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> that was class, I yeah. can actually hear what people are saying now. Yeah, just, just to explain it for anyone that hasn't heard the story before, like the pirate, for the right up until they pretty much got on Tatooine the sound quality was really shit it was like one of those you know echoey filmed in a cinema type of sound mm, quality it yeah. and then all of a sudden it, it, it must have changed to like a digital track that they had from somewhere and the video quality got a bit better as well from it what I remember did. but yeah it was always like after after adjusting because it must be like oh, half an hour yeah 30-40 minutes yeah. maybe so your ears are kind of adjusted to the echoiness and, yeah. and picking out sounds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> it's like really clear. It's like, whoa, what the fuck? But yeah, I'm the same. Whenever I watch the film to this day, I still think of that line. As soon as it says moisture forms for the most part, yeah. I'm like, pirate. Yeah, when I, was, when I was watching it last night, I like paused it and took a picture of that bit on my screen and meant to just message you with that picture. Just said, moisture forms for the most part. <laughs> yeah, totally. How <laughs> feel you? Cold, sir. Afraid, are you? No, sir. See through you? We can. Be mindful of your feelings. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. I miss her. Mm. Afraid to lose her, I think. Mm? What does that got to do with anything? Everything. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Let's start with Jake Lloyd, the poor sod. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, have you seen the auditions? No. No, I haven't, no. Some, I mean, for, for a start, George Lewis, he picked the best of what he had. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Lloyd is a funny little kid back then. He really nails the emotional performances in this film. Mm-hmm. He does, yeah. Whenever, you know, like the bit when he says goodbye to his mum and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking absolutely nails it. The, the, the stuff he does badly, weirdly, is like the kiddie stuff. Yeah, when he's got to act like a kid. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and I don't know, bad direction, probably. Yeah, it's like you can't give him too much shit, man. He was, a, he was a child actor, not very much experience. I think the only main big role he'd had at this point was Jingle All The Way. Yeah. Um, and he's being directed by George Lucas, who was renowned for being shit with actors. I mean, in, there's a bit in the making of, man, that really like resonated with us. It's classic like Hollywood thing. They must be getting set up, set up between shots. Mm-hmm. 
I can't remember what scene specifically. It's hard to tell. I think definitely Qui-Gon's there and stuff. And, and there's a lot of, like, there's, like, actors going back and forwards, carrying, uh, like, whatever, uh, grips or whatever, going yeah, back yeah. and forwards, carrying stuff. And Jake Lloyd, the camera, like, focuses on him. And it's a kind of a tender moment, bless him. And he's, like, he's playing with sand on the set. <laughs> sort of scraping it together. But you can tell in his face he's bored as fuck. Because yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, like between takes, it's, you know, actors are renowned for having to wait like hours and stuff. Mm. Actors always say it's quite a boring experience making a film because you like waiting between takes. Especially and films stuff. this big. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think like all that sort of stuff. Like George Lucas says in a, f- in a few bits through the movie, like, it was it was difficult filming with Jake Lloyd because like they couldn't ask too much of him because he was just a kid and he did get bored yeah. and stuff. Uh, so I imagine boredom was probably like a massive challenge for them. So whenever they got shots that were good enough, they just went with it. Yeah, I guess. Weirdly, and like you know, like I was saying, like you get great actors who like put in substandard performances because Lucas just doesn't know. How, everyone's always said like he knows exactly what he wants. He just doesn't know how to how to tell you. How to get it out of people? Yeah, like was it Carrie Fisher always says like his trademark line was always faster than more intense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah. everything. And like you know, people have like quoted that like over the years. So yeah, it's obviously true. Yeah, yeah. And I think even like George Lucas says jokingly, and like if you watch any of the like making ofs and that, on like the episode one disc, mm-hmm. he's actually saying it himself. Yeah, like, jokingly. Mm-hmm. Just imagine him like directing. Yeah, like he's like, eh, I want you to could you could you. Could you be more like a child? <laughs> Jazz, yes. Yeah, I'll try. Be more childish. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Christ, it was the film that ended his career, I guess. Well, apparently he got like fucking bullied at school because of it and stuff, and that's mm. horrible. Yeah, you would think being in Star Wars would make you the coolest fucking kid in the school, but apparently not. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's very, it's very sad, and especially you read about him now and like mother saying he's bipolar or schizophrenic or something like that. And didn't he get like? Wasn't he involved in like a high speed chase? Yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. It was not it? too long ago. Yeah, oh, bastard. But um, I think the problem in the, in the film, I'm sure a lot of Star Wars fans would probably agree, is the character was probably too young. Yeah, they probably chose like a weird point in the character's life it, it should have been older or, or something like maybe 12 13 something like that yeah because amidala is supposed to be 14 something like that close and that, i yeah. think he's supposed to be eight or nine or something mm-hmm. something like that yeah i guess we'll move on to jar jar we'll just get this yeah. stuff out of the way first um yeah the bad stuff yeah so yeah jar jar is annoying but to be to be honest there's way more things that are like more important in the film, in the prequels in general, to be annoyed about more than Jar Jar. It's very popular to like hate Jar Jar, and I do hate him. Mm. But and you know, like I said last night, I was like, you know, I know I can't understand ninety percent of his fucking dialogue. <laughs> you know, like because he's not saying it. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like like I told you, and I recommend to anyone chuck the DVD or the Blu-ray on, man. Put the subtitles on. Is that, he is actually speaking gibberish. <laughs> Some of the words aren't even like proper words. Yeah. I thought it was just his accent, but he, sometimes he's just he's talking bollocks. Yeah, it's so. just like the weird Gungan dialogue, but like, why make it so hard to understand? Well, that's it, yeah. Any film where you're struggling to follow characters, it, that is a bad design choice. Mm. Yeah. And let's be honest, the character may as well just be walking around with a big placard that says, buy my toys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, square aimed at the kids. And on the other side, it just says, smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, is this a good time to segue into the, like, the racial stereotypes? Oh, may as well. I mean, come on, I got <laughs> loads of shit at the time. that Everyone's like, so George Lucas, basically what he's saying is, this character is Jamaican. And he's like, no, yeah. no. Well, he kind of is. 
<laughs> floppy hair, easy going. He's all like, be so happy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You've got the fucking Trade Federation who all, ah, oh, we like war and stuff. <laughs> we like war and money. We are, no, we're not Japanese. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, total affront. I love the yeah. one Trade Federation guy. Like, I think I said on the comedy on the day, but I don't know if I left in the show. Like, there's parts to be closed your eyes. It's like watching the Crying Freeman anime, like the dubbing. <laughs> he sounds exactly like one of the guys in that fucking movie. Such a bad choice. I mean, apparently, the, the originally were going to be speaking in, like, a dialect and mm-hmm. they're going to be subtitled or whatever. Like, like you know, like Hoodie sort of thing. Yeah, I guess they just um, thought there's too much with the water stuff and Zabulba and that. But maybe that would have been a better choice. It would have, of course it would have been, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, there, is there any other stereo? I don't... Uh, Watto, who's essentially a Mexican slaver. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah all scrap like, Sleazy and willing to do anything for a book. Yeah. And stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't uh, find something out. Uh, Watto was voiced by Andy Seacombe, who was the son of Harry Seacombe. That is fucking random. random as fuck is that? I've seen the, uh, in the making of, he, he's really cool, actually. Like, mm. you, I don't know, you, you take for granted, like, Watto's voice, but actually, when you really, like, think about it, it, it that's a really good performance. Oh, it is, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just another one of those weird stereotypes in the film. Yeah, accidental stereotype. Public credits? Republic credits are no good out here. I need something more real. I don't have anything else, but credits will do fine. No, they won't. Credits will do fine. No, they won't. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? I'm a Tidarian. My tricks don't work on me. Only money. But yeah, Jar Jar, I mean, I don't understand why Lucas went back and changed the Yoda puppet. So we've got on Blu-ray. So we've now got like highly advanced CGI compared to the CGI in Phantom Menace. Why didn't he go back and tinker with Phantom Menace for the Blu-rays? It seems like a weird because Jar Jar sticks out like a sore thumb. He does not look. He doesn't look like he belongs there at all. Yeah, there's the certain scenes like the when they first land on the and stuff. Mm. He's, he's quite apparently not there. <laughs> to be honest. It doesn't look color corrected properly or something. No. He's too bright. And you forget how how young this film is in the the era of CGI. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Were the two bold trying to do CGI only characters? I think so, and there's far too much of it in the film, which yeah. dates the shit out of the film, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the like practical stuff's great, like that place they shot for the Queen's Palace and stuff in Italy. Yeah, yeah. there's more of that. Jesus, mm. uh, sadly, but you know that that is one of the issues of the film. Like, there's very little practical stuff going on. Tatooine is sparsely populated. If the trace was correct, I will find them quickly, Master. Move against the Jedi first. You will then have no difficulty in taking the Queen to Naboo to sign the treaty. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. You have been well trained, my young apprentice. They will be no match for you. Uh, let's talk about Darth Maul, Mr. Ray Park. If if someone says the Phantom Menace, you pretty much see his face. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, if anything, he should have been the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, and he shouldn't have fucking died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the big mistake of the film. He should have been the bad guy throughout all three, and then died at the end. And the, I don't know, maybe he's had like one uh, one of the vice viceroy guys was kind of like a, a talking character or something, and he was the one that died. You know, would have been cool. If they did something like, uh, almost like Return of the Jedi, like, you know, the Emperor's trying to get rid of Vader so Luke can take his place. Mm. They could have had that with the prequels, like, mirrored that a little bit, so he's trying to get Anakin to take Darth Maul's place. 
Yeah. And it could have been an Anakin Darth Maul battle and that could have turned him to the dark side instead of, you know, Mace Windu screaming like a bitch at the window and stuff for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just such a shame. Whenever, like, Darth Maul's on screen and stuff, he's interesting. He's, like, really... Mm. You, you want to know like what are his tattoos why is he a Sith you know you, you do yeah. want to and it's in a film that weirdly wants to explain everything Darth Maul gets no explanation which is kind of cool yeah he's the classic ambiguous bad guy yeah like yeah. why is he a bad guy how did he become a fucking a, an apprentice mm. to like Palpatine and stuff like yeah. what's that we've never seen his race before no. Or yeah. since, really. I don't know if they'll put one in the new films, much. Yeah, I mean, you've got his race and those shitty Clone Wars co- uh, cartoons. Yeah, well, he's got, like, a fucking brother, Frank, or something. Yeah, yeah, and, like... <laughs> Frank Moore. Doesn't he come back as a robot and stuff? Yeah, he's got, like, spider like that. Nah. Again, you know, that series has a kind of hardcore following. Mm-hmm. I've watched I've watched some of it, and I was like, that's not for me, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, because they're not trying to do anything cool and original. They're just, like, harking back to, like, what was cool and original in the in the, in the actual films. Mm. What's the point in watching this? Would you say Darth Maul's probably the best creation by Lucas in, the, in all the prequels? It's hard because I really like General Grievous as well. Yeah, he's all right, yeah. But, you know, because he was kind of poorly implemented and stuff. Mm. It was weird because you, like, had to watch the Clone Wars to understand Revenge of the Sith for the first half an hour. Yeah, yeah, which was, again, daft, like... Look, I don't care what you think. There are a lot of people aren't going to do this. Yeah. So your film's going to make no sense to a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he, very, he's, he's up there. He's very up there. I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to choose, like, what I prefer, Darth Maul or General Grievous, to be honest. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I know. That's probably quite surprising. I think I, I, I'm quite compelled by the idea of, like, a robot that isn't, like, a Force user, but, like, a, a genuine threat to the Jedi and hmm. stuff. Yes, it's it's kind of a cool idea, but I mean, visually, you know, it's fucking unforgettable, isn't he? Really, yeah, 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 totally. I mean, but it is for me. It's the my favorite like new thing in the prequels. Apart that, mm-hmm. well, that in that uh, pervy corset that George Lucas designed personally for Natalie Portman <laughs> in Episode <laughs> Two. I was like, when I found that, I was like, that's a bit fucked up, George. Yeah, considering how how young she is in Episode One. Yeah. Well, like you, you forget, like when you watch like some of the the documentaries again for episode one, she's turning up at like the auditions and that, and you're like, Jesus! I think she was like 18 at the time. <laughs> she looks like fucking far younger than that. I know. Though. Yeah, and she looks like 14 or something. Literally, by, epi- and, by like, episode two, the judge probably like, it's not fucking weird, fuck you. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's not weird to design a costume for. It. It's weird that she's dressed up like a dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a bit late, isn't it? Yeah, but the Darth Maul thing, I mean, the saber's awesome. I just, like, well, I think it was said before, they should never have gave that away in the trailer. I know it was probably hard not to, but you didn't have to. The, the, the Phantom Menace trailer could have just been, like, a shot of space and then mm-hmm. the, the, the logo. You know what yeah, I mean? You didn't have to give that much away. Yeah, because, as, as we've already said, like, the bit in, the, tr- in the, the film when he actually gets his lightsaber out and the second part extends, the music kicks in. And it's, it's supposed to be a surprise, yeah? Yeah, definitely. So they're the, the definitely messed up there. Like. Yeah. I also need to give a shout-out to uh, Peter Serafinowicz from Space, who does his voice as well. Yeah, it's all badass. Mm. Freaking, at last. I loved when they called back to that in Space as well. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Where they had him do the line when he nicks Simon Pegg's keys and stuff. <laughs> Such a random, like, I don't know, like a pop fact. Yeah. It's just like him that does it. Yeah, I remember being real, because I think I saw that episode and then Wiggum was like, you know he did the voice for Darth Maul? I was like, did he? 
Yeah. I was really surprised. I suppose like, it would have been weird if they got Ray Park because he would have been like, at last, master, we're going to fuck them up. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's all like little and stuff, his voice. Yeah. He's yeah. like a little cockney. <laughs> Whenever he talks. A little cheeky chappy. <laughs> I was I was laughed though at, at my own memories. Whenever I think about when I was like reading about this film and like Empire and stuff for it come out and it was like, Oh, you know, the, the bad guy will have a double lightsaber and stuff and I was like, A double lightsaber Yeah, I thought it was like gonna be like a double ice cream cone. <laughs> exactly, yeah, like side by side I'm like, what would be the point of that? <laughs> yeah. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's just weird yeah. that's exactly what I thought. I was like, Well yeah. that that's why? <laughs> yeah, like, how is there any benefit to that? Just fucking two light... Well, you could just have two lightsabers and tape them together, yeah. for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, then when I saw it, I was like, oh, that makes way more sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah class. Uh, another new character, uh, Qui-Gon. Uh, am I remembering this correctly? Wasn't wasn't he essentially created so they could just get past the... Like, having Yoda throughout the whole film? Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, and then this for creating a giant plot hole. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, you know, he, uh, Obi-Wan said that quite got, that where Yoda trained him and yeah. stuff. And they got around that slightly in Attack of the Clones by having him teaching the kids and stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that doesn't count. Like, so Yoda teaches all of the Jedi younglings until yeah. they're, like, 12 or something. Like, yeah. It's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, just about. Like, how does he divide his time, for fuck's sake? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's quite cool. It's Liam Neeson, man. You know, uh, at the end of the day, Liam mm. Neeson as a Jedi is pretty cool. Should have been, probably should have been better. Yeah, I guess. And at the time, I mean, now if the, if this casting happened now, no one would bat an eyelid. But at the time, it was like, all right, Oscar Schindler's playing a Jedi. It's a bit weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. and obviously Ewan McGregor, fresh off like Trainspotting and all them sort of films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as what, a Jedi. What do you think of Ewan McGregor as young Obi-Wan in this one? Because he kind of plays it differently in each film. Yeah, it probably my least favourite. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think he, he comes on leaps and bounds. In the second film, there's a weird thing going on between him and him and Anakin that spoils his performance. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to. And in the third film, probably my me, me favourite Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the first one, yeah, like, I always remember, like, me, me t- telling you the story about how fat his head was. Yeah, yeah he's fat head. Like, calm down. <laughs> I just fucking hated him for some reason. <laughs> There's one line, though, that I totally forgot about when uh, Qui-Gon goes back after the pod race to deliver the bits for the ship and stuff. Mm. And he's like, I must return to Tatooine. I mean, to Mos Eisley or whatever, Mos Espa, wherever it's supposed to be. Mos Espa, yeah. And then fucking Obi-Wan's like, why do I get the feeling we've picked up another pathetic life form? And I was like, fucking mm. racist. Yeah, he's all like twatty about it and yeah, stuff. what a dick. That's kind of racist yeah. though in the Star Wars universe, if you think about it. And I suppose he is kind of twatty with Qui-Gon as well, when like disagreeing with Qui-Gon about like, is it just training the boy or whatever? Mm. After the Jedi uh, the Jedi Council scene. He's kind of saying like, whoa, I can't believe Obi-Wan was a bit of a dick. Yeah, but he's supposed to be the kind of, you know hot-headed young Padawan, whatever the fuck yeah. that means. Why, why didn't you use Apprentice? Padawan! Uh, I know. Yeah, because they just wanted to fucking copyright words, basically. I, yeah. I don't know if Padawan's a real word or a Star Wars word. I don't word. think it's a real word. It sounds like a Lucas <laughs> word. Like your portion of it. Or midi-chlorians, as we'll get to later. What do you think about um, Darth Vader made C-3PO? Well, as we said in recovery, you said it was fucking stupid in the kind of this... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's like, it reeks of too much trying to link it to the. Uh, it was said he shouldn't have been in this film. He should have been in Attack of the Clones. That's when they shouldn't reduce them. And this is what I do hope about the new films. Like I hope BB-8 is like the new R2D2. 
Yeah. And and he really the film carries carries it off in that way. Like mm-hmm. you know, Archie did and C three PO in it, but I want I want to see a new generation of characters like that. Yeah. And that's kinda I guess what Jar Jar was trying to do. Like that was gonna be the the idea behind that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he was like the new sort of fun character, the comic relief of the movie, yeah. obviously. And it just didn't fucking work. But for some reason that they felt the need to, to Ram C three PO and R two D two into this film as well. Yeah, because the like R two does some stuff, but C three PO does nothing. He's just there. So, he's there to be there. I mean, apparently he was actually supposed to only be in the scene um, uh, on Mos Espa. Ah, okay. Yeah, he, he was literally going to be like you're just going to see him when like Anakin was like, oh, you know, he has a droid made, mm. and that was it. That was his only inclusion in the movie, but. Um, I think they were just really taken aback by the technology and the performance because mm. it was that I can't remember that, that Japanese art where the guys dress in like black. Oh yeah, and the the puppeteer stuff, don't they? Mm. It's got a like a proper. Yeah, movie. they use it a lot in comedy and stuff over there, don't they? Yeah, yeah. and so basically they, they got like one, like one of those performers to do it. Basically, so he dressed in green and you know had dressed behind the like marquette of like C three PO. And apparently, like, George was just that impressed with how it looked on screen. They decided to just chuck him into, like, the rest of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, obviously, that is why he, he comes off as shit, because he was never intended to be in the film, so that he doesn't really have any point. No, it's no point at all, apart from the fact yeah. that we'll find out Vader created C-3PO. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a daft choice. Mm-hmm. Really. I can't do it, Mom. I just can't do it. Honey, Will I ever see you again? What does your heart tell you? I hope so. Yes. I guess. Then we will see each other again. I will come back and free you, Mom. I promise. Be brave and don't look back. Don't look back. Uh, what about the pod race? It's, it's def- for me, it's definitely a highlight of the film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's certainly what makes the film better than Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. It, it puts it up there as like probably like Revenge of the Sith is the best one, Phantom Menace middle, then Attack of the Clones is like the last one, yeah. I guess. The pod race is really cool. Uh, it's almost a film in itself. <laughs> it is, it's, yeah. It's quite like, a long sequence, yeah. Yeah, and if you include all the the deleted scenes and stuff and that, mm. it's like fucking 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And the sound's amazing, like the sound design of all the different, every engine has a different sound and stuff like that. I was like, I watched it with my headphones on last night and it just sounds amazing and like the, the surround sound on that scene is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I like the bit when uh, Subulba's like right behind Anakin and yeah, stuff and yeah. the threat of his engines and stuff. Yeah, and apparently this is one of the moments where apparently Indiana Jones is in the crowd. There's a little Easter mm. egg, but I've never managed to spot him. Some people have online, but I was like, that could be fucking anybody. It's loads of stuff like that, and then like apparently there's like the Enterprise at one point and attack the clones and stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, because you see the Millennium Falcon in um, is it Revenge of the Sith? They like, pulling into a spaceport. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It's quite nice. During the pod race, what, I was thinking there's always a strange thing. That bounty hunter Aura Singh. Mm-hmm. You've seen the pod race? It's always strange. That character always gets loads of attention, and like all the Comic Con stuff and that. Oh, right. 
Or a thing, yeah. It's just like a ball chick with like a ponytail. Oh yeah. You see her very briefly, and I always think like, did they put her in the film as like not to the fans? But whenever I like look at you know like any of the trivia, I'm like, no. Yeah, she, she was made for this film, but it's kind of weird. It feels like the other way around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they chucked her in to acknowledge the fans or something. But... Yeah. So she was kind of made for this film, and then an expanded universe story created a backstory or something? Basically, basically. She, she's basically like the Boba Fett of the, the prequel trilogy. Like, the fans just really love Aura Singh. Like, yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah, I honestly didn't know the character until you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you ever Google it, Aura Singh, mm. there's, there's a shitload of stuff, like, online about her and stuff. Yeah, so, uh, right, uh, let's let's just get to it. Midichlorians, sir. Midichlorians. If you watch the um, the film with the audio commentary, George Lucas actually states he always intended for midichlorians. <laughs> yes, of course. He did. When he was when he was writing A New Hope, he had actually had midichlorians in mind. <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't. No, he didn't, <laughs> George. Stop lying. Yeah, total bollocks. It has no place, and I hope. And I, I'm pretty sure it won't be. It has no place in the new films. I yeah. hope they don't mention it at all. Yeah, Midichlorians. It's it's bollocks, basically. Mm. I don't want to know, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's a mystical energy that surrounds and binds us. That's all I need to know, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's almost like he thought, oh, well, I can't just have Qui-Gon going, hmm, I sense the Force in you. It's like, but that's what they fucking did in the yeah. other... Like, kind of. I mean, I already knew Luke was, you know, because he made his kid and stuff, but... It's like, oh, I can't just have it be vague. It's like, but that's what your other films were all about. They weren't about explaining shit to the audience every five seconds. Yeah. I mean, that's blatantly what is magical about New Hope, that, like, it throws you in the middle of this world that you don't quite understand. And mm-hmm. So why are they trying to, like, force-feed you, like, exposition? Because didn't they want, like, Lucas, when he was, when he, like, before he started filming, they wanted him to rewrite the script to be, like, have C-3PO explain what Jawas were to the audience. And stuff. He, was yeah. like, he was like, no, what's, no. That sounds yeah. stupid. But when he was, like, a young... Like edgy director and stuff. Yeah. yeah, he was like, no, I don't want that. But yeah, sadly, I guess in his older age, he was like, oh, the crowd, like the audience is too dumb and they need stuff explaining to them. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a shame that the whole Midichlorians thing. It's it's sad that it like sits within the actual canon now. Yeah, I know. I hate the the scene though as well where fucking Anakin says, "Oh, like, Master Qui-Gon, I heard people mentioning Midichlorians. I was wondering." What are midichlorians? I know, it's so shoehorned and it? it's horrible. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, re- it's a really bad scene. It's like something out of Sesame Street. Like, and now we're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, very, very poor. Very poor edition of the movie. Yeah. But, you know, another highlight of the film, of course, is the lightsaber battle at the end. Yeah, I mean, you can't take anything away from this film. The lightsaber action is what people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. It, it did what was what people wanted basically and um, you get to see Obi-Wan fucking twirling his lightsaber like a mentalist and stuff yeah, for, for no reason and like you know. yeah, yeah if, he hadn't <laughs> done, if he hadn't done that last twirl Qui-Gon would still be alive quite think. possibly yeah. <laughs> but no it, it definitely ticked the box for me for lightsaber action like yeah. after you know when you really think about it there's, there's very minimal lightsaber action in the original trilogy yeah pretty much yeah. very minimal which is weird because you always think like in every scene someone's fucking flailing a lightsaber about <laughs> yeah. but really it's, it's not it's like the odd Obi-Wan scene uh, in New Hope and then that's the end of lightsabers completely mm-hmm. um, the bit with Luke uh, and Vader going against each other in Empire. Pretty much, that's the only Vader, uh, the only lightsaber scene in that movie. And Harrison Ford cutting up the Tauntaun. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, using it like a tool. Yeah, 
and then there's like a couple, you know, like a couple of major scenes in Revenge, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But that's it, really. So, you know, we never really got to see lightsabers like full on getting used mm. against other people with lightsabers as well. And I was, I like, always liked how they justified it. It's one of the things I like that you want to have to re justify why the fighting's different and stuff. Because they always say, like, well, you know, in the original trilogy, you've got an old Jedi, you've got a mechanical half dead Jedi, and you've got an untrained Jedi. So that's why they're all fast and quick in this movie, because they're. Actual yeah. properly trained Jedi and stuff. I quite like Fishers. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's still the best fight uh, in the prequels. I mean, I know a lot of people will say the big Obi Wan Anakin fight in Sith is, but nah, it's too it's too quick, and I, I can't watch it. It's yeah. They should have they should have had him with the. We'll get to it in a couple of weeks, but they should have had him with the red lightsaber. Yeah, should, yeah, exactly. And, and also, I think it's quite an infamous gif where. It, it's just like two of them stood in front of each other, just twirling the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. They don't even, like, connect. Yeah, they're just showing up. Isn't there, like, there's a great video on YouTube called, like, fucking lightsaber dance or something? <laughs> someone's, like, edited it so that they're just dancing with lightsabers. It's really funny. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, love or hate this film, easily, uh, this is the best lightsaber battle, basically. Yeah, totally. Between uh, Obi-Wan and... Darth Maul, that is. Yeah, that moment when he's waiting, like pacing back and forward, waiting for the force field open and they come out. And I, I remember that bit from the trailer and just being like, fuck me, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so it was. Yeah. Like, didn't like, when we got the pirate, that was like the only scene we watched. Yeah. At first. Yeah, we just went straight to that. <laughs> just ruining <laughs> just the film. <laughs> straight to the end. <laughs> I do always chuckle on that bit where like, um, Obi-Wan like flips over him, then like tries to take out Maul's angles like a bitch. <laughs> Yeah. It's not very noble yeah. and Jedi-like. Just swiping at his ankles and he has to hop over Yeah, again. yeah. And also, technically, let's be honest, Obi-Wan uses the fucking dark side to fight Maul. He's well pissed off. Mm. He hates him. He's scared because his master's dead. In fact, thinking about it, almost any time a Jedi wins a battle in these movies, he's using the dark side of the force. <laughs> yeah, They're always weird. mega fucked off and angry when they're doing it. Yeah, like, obviously, classic Luke. Mm-hmm. You know, he be- it's Vader using the dark side, yeah, basically. But he's strong enough to say, fuck you, Emperor. But so he's like, then, you know, gets electrocuted and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like a bitch. Silly sod. <laughs> What's the message of these films? I don't know. I don't I'm know. not quite convinced. No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, classic scene. Like. And Duel of the Fates, of course. Yeah, John Williams, absolutely, he does outdo himself with this film. Yeah, there's a lot of good themes, but like, Duel of the Fates is up there in like, top five John Williams themes of all time. Yeah. It's up there with Jaws and Superman and everything. Also, the the we always like the Gungan underwater theme as well. Yeah, yeah, again, perfectly like captures what what the film's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's this like awe inspiring scene. Yeah, uh, like this reveal of this crazy, unfortunately CGI to fuck uh, <laughs> like underwater city. Yeah, but he boss nas and he's pointless <laughs> thing. He keeps doing it. It's not George. It's not funny. Stop getting. Stop making him do it. Although I imagine that was probably just uh, Brian Blessed's idea, to be honest. <laughs> what am I doing this, George? Like, fuck, just, I, just do it and get out. You're scaring the shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just let him go with it. He probably wrote all his lines. Probably. 
<laughs> he probably created the language, and George is like, well, fucking got to have George or speak like that now. <laughs> <laughs> Your gods demand that his life belongs to me now. Binks? You, sir, haven't a live play with this and hissen? Uh-huh. Be gone with him! Uh, I mean, my mind's just randomly gone, because I'm thinking of, like, that scene uh, at the end when he's all... Uh, the bit when they're... Uh, I think when when they're, like, reach peace or whatever, mm. towards the end. Uh, the crazy fact of uh, Kira Knightley is in this film. Yeah, she's the Queen and, well... Just the Queen's double. The Queen's standing when she's, like, prancing around mixing with the peasants. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but I don't know, I just, I love that fact. That, like, Kira Knightley, who often gets, like, you know, mistaken for... Uh, Natalie Paul. <laughs> which is actually in this film, yeah. playing, like, a double. Yeah. Apparently the mums couldn't tell the difference between the two of them. Really? When they were fully made up, yeah. Like, the, the mo- like I think, like, Kira Knightley's mum was visiting the set. Yeah. And, like, the sort of, like, they were dressed exactly the same and they, like, went up to her... And, like, the one, like, really struggled to tell which one was which. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, the, the big finale, like, um, it's, like, almost, because, you know, with, with the original trilogy, each time the battles get bigger at the end, you got, like, one battle in New Hope, you got two in Empire Threat, and now you got four in this. And it's kind of, like, it's not that it's a mess, but I always wait for it to get back to the lightsaber battle, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know it needs to be done. Yeah. But... When you're in these scenes, you're kind of like, oh, I just want to get back to what fucking Obi-Wan's doing. Yeah. Which, it's a kind of a sign that you've got the balance wrong, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you, like, your audience is more invested in one particular story thread than the other. And the annoying thing is, there's more of that lightsaber battle that wasn't in the film. Like, mm. there's one of the featurettes, it might just be a deleted scenes montage, there's like this big exchange on top of the bridge, and I was like, what the f- why the fuck was that in the film? I'd, I'd rather seen that than Jar Jar flying around with bombs and shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, because like when they initially like when the, the when the gung uh, yeah the gungans are coming out of the mist and stuff yeah there's some cool stuff to be had again there like pre- pretty nice scenes that's a really atmospheric got, shot that actually yeah and you've got like the whole droid army and stuff and then when they face off against each other it's a really cool bit actually at that point you're more invested in that to be honest mm. but then when it starts going on about like like you said George or dicking around <laughs> whatever they're called. Uh, Probably bongos or some fucking yeah, Bolly Wonga Wongos or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're just like, oh, really though. Yeah. Yeah, I do actually genuinely laugh though when he gets his his foot stuck on the droid <laughs> and starts like kicking it and it's shooting other. I, I did laugh at that, admittedly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't pretend that I, I didn't. <laughs> I also noticed this time it just clicked. The Gungan battles taking place on the default Windows XP wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Green hills and uh, and blue sky. Yeah, it's almost just like the default fucking setting on like the CGI suite. Just choice. What that'll do? Mm. <laughs> just green hills, blue sky. It's a bit. It's a bit bland. Apparently, uh, Naboo in the early post productions and like point of the movie, it was known as the grass planet. That was what it was going to be. Just very grassy and hilly, and just, just yeah, just just a grass planet. It's going to be whales, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the later decided to slightly change that and have like you know the city, the city of Nibu, or mm. whatever the fuck, which is kind of something that when you realise it, it is kind of shit about Star Wars. Every planet has one characteristic, which would never happen. So yeah. You, yeah, you've got like the desert planet, the city planet, the snow planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the forest planet. Although once, like, once again, though, they're, they're going to change that with 
7 because everyone thought it was Tatooine, but it's a whole new planet and Force Awakens, mm. Jakku. Jakku, yeah. It appears to be made up of primitives. This will work to our advantage. I have your approval to proceed then, my lord. Wipe them out. All of them. There is one thing, though, that just, like, it just clicked with us this time while watching it. It might, this might be a bit of a rant, but it kind of just ruins all the films, right? <laughs> Anakin's prophesized, right, to quote-unquote bring balance to the Force, mm. whatever the fuck that means. So yeah. Qui-Gon says, you know, what well, meeting was not a coincidence, nothing happens by accident. So the great plan of the Force, really, is like, I, at this point in the universe, nothing's as bad as it is in the original trilogy, there's yeah. still diplomacy and all that shit. Everything, apart from the trade bollocks and, you know, the fucking Palpatine trying to get his way up the ranks and all that. Yeah. So bringing balance to the Force technically means Anakin, a.k.a. Space Jesus, turning evil, causing an emperor and his empire to, like, be Nazis across the whole galaxy, bring death and misery to millions, and then he decides he's sick of it and eventually puts an end to it. It's totally pointless. <laughs> yeah, it's he may as well have just left him on Tatooine. Taking him yeah. away is what caused it to even need a balance to the force. Yeah, it is a weird paradox. Like, mm. uh, like, like you said, the balance is literally killing all the Jedi and the Sith down to like one person. Mm. Yeah, so, like Luke Skywalker at the end of the film. Yeah, like, and it's only that plot only exists because he decided to make Anakin like really special. If he'd just been a force sensitive kid, then that wouldn't matter. If they're just not mentioned any balance of the force. Obi Wan <laughs> never mentions this shit in the originals. No, like, they didn't need any of that balance, the, the Chosen One, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's balanced. Like, was he inspired by watching, like, The Matrix or something? God knows. <laughs> um, that whole, like, oh, he's the one, the Chosen One and stuff. Yeah. He should have just been a really fucking accomplished Jedi who, like, went a bit nuts and killed other Jedi. Yeah. Like, he didn't need all that religious bollocks, yeah. basically. Of course, one of my favourite, um, just, like, fuck-ups that he made, like going back and doing this film was when like a New Hope uh, fucking I mean Obi-Wan lies his arse off in New Hope anyway but he could you know, he's like when I met your father he was already a great pilot he's like was he fuck <laughs> yeah. he flew in that base on autopilot and was like let's spin and like fucking yeah. fire off rockets spinning's fire. a good trick yeah. whoa <laughs> fire off some <laughs> he, rockets by accident saved the day he just remembers it wrongly that's all man because mm. <laughs> of the age and stuff yeah if, like, you know, that's what a fan would say. <laughs> so, to wrap up, I suppose, I mean, for me, it's, yeah, it's it's got a lot of problems, as we've just went over, but not really as bad as it's made out to be, but, you know, like, people are like, oh, <laughs> Phantom Menace, it's, it's you know. Yeah, definitely, it's, it's got some nice bits, it's, it's got, like, some cool ideas, like, the whole Emperor, I always liked the whole Darth Sidious thing. Yeah, me too, yeah. I like the fact that when you when you first see him, he's like a hologram, kind of like harking back to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's, he's the you know the first time you see the Emperor, he's a hologram and stuff, um, and all just all that. The, the stuff it does, it, it does really well. This film, mm-hmm. it gets a lot of stuff right, and just a lot of stuff that like doesn't need to be there. Like we say, the midi chlorian thing doesn't need to be there. The whole chosen one doesn't need to be there. There's some pretty piss poor lines. There's a great line that always stands out for me where at the end when they're at the, like, the, the whole Naboo Palace assault scene, uh, when the Captain Panaka guy's like, Ascension guns! Yeah. <laughs> and, he, he gets it, and then they get their Ascension guns out. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say about R2 and D2. <laughs> Well, yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> 2D2. Uh, yeah, any time he speaks, to be honest, is a bit grim. But that bit, you know, like, when you really think about it, like I said, ascension guns, mm. Jesus. 
So yeah, whenever it gets it wrong, it, it gets it very wrong. And when it, whenever it gets it right, it gets it very right. Yeah, I think one of my favourite lines in the film, just because it's like one of those really subtle, like, well-acted moments, just like it's a small thing, but when Anakin says, like, that's impossible, no one can kill a Jedi, and Qui-Gon, like, sort of smirks and goes, I wish that was so. Yeah. And it's a nice foreshadowing, and when you watch it at the same time, you're like, oh, it's pretty sad, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, dies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Totally nice scene. Yeah, really cool. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 it, as we'll get to next week. I mean, it beats the fuck out of Attack of the Clones. Absolutely beats the fuck out of it. Uh, Attack of the Clones has got awful them. Um, we're trying not to just be like completely negative with films, but I, I'm gonna have a hard time coming up with shit I like. In Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> like I guess the end bit, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Yoda claiming disability is my favourite bit actually yeah. comes in with his cane like oh fucking hell me corns and then he fucking starts flipping around like a nutter yeah I mean we'll talk about it again next week but literally at the cinema the entire audience burst out laughing yeah it's yeah, you know. and I was like mm, is this the reaction George was looking for probably not <laughs> probably not uh, so we've got a, another voicemail from Senor Grindhouse Dave yes. let's listen to what Grindhouse Dave has to say guys, Grindhouse Dave here. Little feedback about the Phantom Menace. Is it as bad as people say? Yes and no. Jar Jar, he's not good. No. No, 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 no. The little kid, bit whiny. Uh, some of the effects, very dodgy. Some are very good though. Yeah, it's not the film we hoped for, not the film we should have had too much diplomatic hoo-ha um, what I will say is that it's vastly improved on Blu-ray it looks stunning and it really helps the film uh, makes it a much more pleasurable viewing experience um, is it the worst? maybe yeah mm, definitely yes it's the worst but I don't think it's the utter rape my childhood rubbish that too many people say. Um, it has some fantastic points, it has some awful points. Metachlorians, Jesus Christ. Um, but ultimately, eh, it's good fun. And like I said, the Blu ray really helps it. Um, Alright, okay, that's it from me. Love the show, guys. Have fun watching Jar Jar. Whoa! Me, I not like it! Bye bye! Thank you, sir, for the voicemail. It's always appreciated. Um, anyone else wants to send in voicemail, do it. We're at SpeakPipe. I th- oh, shit, I forgot what it is. <laughs> SpeakPipe.com forward slash WAFOFM. I think that's it. The link's on the website and all that jazz. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he is right. It does look better on... It does look great on Blu-ray, with the exception, I think, of a lot of the CGI sticking out like a soft thumb, as I said earlier. Mm. It is a nice-looking film. Interestingly as well, uh, this film was like the only prequel film that was actually shot in actual film stock. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it actually looks like a film compared to the other two. Yeah, the other two films were, were shot digitally. Um, kind of, it creeps in in this film. There are two scenes that were that were filmed digitally completely. Mm. The the scene where he's taking the blood from Anakin Skywalker, Yeah, that that was shot digitally, like on digital stock. It's random. <laughs> and, uh, and Obi-Wan at the end being promoted to uh, a Jedi Knight. Mm. That was shot digital. Basically, that the shot them as pickups. Ah, okay. So, like the, the scene, uh, it's like the scene with Anakin. It's outside on the balcony at night, 
and he's taking his blood. That was filmed like something mad, like six months after the film wrapped. Okay. They, they just went back because they, they felt like there was something missing there mm. about explaining like how he was born and stuff. Yeah. And all um, so, but the filmed that completely digitally. Huh. So, in, when you know that, and you go back and look, you can actually tell the difference when it when it jumps from film to digital. Yeah. Um, but it, sadly, it was it was the wrong way to take the films. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and fuck the new Star Wars films again are going back to 35mm yeah thankfully yeah. yeah you can just see straight away from the trailer can't you that it just yeah. looks a hell of a lot better but yeah clones clones is uh, next week attack of the bloody clones and uh well clones clones favourite Dex is he Dex the character I don't know so, I've fucking seen the film probably twice in my life <laughs> sadly because I'm like a self Fucking punishing Star Wars fan. I've seen it. <laughs> it's annoying. Like some of the lines are like wedged in my head. <laughs> Here's a good one, Boba Fett. Get him dead. Oh fucking hell! Oh. <laughs> it's just reminding us of the shit he changes to the Blu-rays and stuff with Boba Fett's voice. <laughs> what oh. if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. <laughs> I'm randomly Kiwi, you bastard. <laughs> It's horrible. It's just sad because he's a really good actor, but you know, just classic. I mean, look, let's sum this film up. Terrence Stamp. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, folks. Terrence Stamp, an amazing Oscar-winning fucking actor, British legend, and he he, he comes off like a total wooden piece of shit in this film. <laughs> there you go. So uh, yeah, this what this show probably went up on a Wednesday. So and we're a bit behind with the show last week. So the Attack the Clone show will probably be up. Saturday, Sunday, I would say. Yeah. And then we'll get back on track with Revenge of the Sith next Wednesday. And all the other jazz. I'm just looking forward to doing the original trilogy. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. December's going to be fun. Original trilogy, then Force Awakens. And then just a big jizz fest, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. We'll sit on a bed with our Star Wars sweets. Yeah. <laughs> get excited. <laughs> that one time. <laughs> Actually happened. Didn't we have, like, Star Wars, like, Pez's or something? Probably. Fucking around the late 90s, we just bought fucking anything Star Wars. Yeah, just sat there. We're, we're watching the the pirate that we had. Probably. I can't remember. I, can't remember. I just remember sitting on your bed watching, like, Star Wars, eating Star Wars sweets. <laughs> just makes it sound like my first date. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a classic Star Wars memory. Ah, yeah, you can't beat them. You can't beat them. Uh, so if anyone's got any thoughts on Attack the Clones, email address, wafupodcast at gmail.com, or you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash block. I wish I could change that, you know. Mm. I can't. You can only change it twice, and then it's like, no! You're not allowed to change it anymore, so. Wafu blog. Doesn't make much sense now. No, not really. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Yeah. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, till next time, uh, Watch out for your Japal snippets. Count your Medichlorians. I guess you've got to say it. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you indeed. Catch you later, folks. Hi, I'm Stacey with Aness, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. 
or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafu.fm. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.